Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is the second part of the conversation between Phil and Sean about forensic accounting and PPP loans. If you haven't listened to the first part of this episode, check your podcast feed. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of CPA Review and More. We are pleased to bring you the number one podcast for CPAs and CPA candidates. If you'd like to learn more about how Jaeger CPA Review can help you, find us on our website at JaegerCPAReview.com. Now, here's your host, Phil Jaeger. Do you interview people at all? Have you gone into the colleges representing yes. the firm? I used to do it more you know, a handful of years ago than I do now. But yeah, I used to do a fair amount of... of and what are you looking for college. when you meet someone? You're kind of looking at the what I would say maybe the the technical piece or the you know what was the GPA what classes did you take I mean that's almost like the just kind of the admission ticket like you know you got to have decent have a decent position there in the first place but to me it was really more the the interpersonal stuff and that you know how do you relate to somebody how do you talk you know are you someone who's personable um, because you know there's a lot of people out there that can crunch the numbers. But it's a, you know a different story if you can crunch the numbers and you can communicate what you're finding with the clients that you're working on and how do you deliver difficult messages and you know having some of that some of those soft skills that you get from being one on one with somebody you know to me those were always the the differentiator. Yeah, because a lot of these students uh, employers complain that a lot of students coming out of school don't have communication skills, and then I say to myself, well, based on my experience of meeting people and everything all right a lot of those people don't have communication school skills 
are the, you know, the real geniuses, the four O's. All right. But if you had, a, did you, do they ever hire anybody other than, you're saying the four O's to get the, what, the actual interview itself? No, not necessarily, I wouldn't even say necessarily a, you know, four O, certainly not a four O, but you know, you, you want to see somebody who's, who's at least done well in the classroom. You know, again, no one's going to be an expert coming out and whatever you learn in school. I mean, from a practical standpoint, it's going to be completely different when you start working, you know, especially with how quickly things now, are changing. Now, what is that saying? Are you saying that Notre Dame doesn't prepare you to enter the office the first day they start working and take over an audit on their own? To start cranking out, you know, 60 hours a week? Why not? Yeah. yeah I mean, every, every place is so different and that, you know, really you're, you're just getting the foundation. You're just getting the building blocks in college and that, you know, it's it's wherever you go and, and you know, the people that you're with wherever you decide to go that are really going to be the drivers and in, in helping you develop as a professional. Yeah. I, you know, uh, it's different. Uh, when I, when I graduated school, they wouldn't, you know, it was the, it was the big eight. I think it was back then. All right. Now it's uh, the final four, right? Mm -hmm. The final four. All right. And uh, what they were looking for, I remember uh, to get an interview, uh, it was people, Here's some names probably most people never heard of. Pete Marwick and Mitchell, all right? They wanted you to have a minimum of 3-0 before they even talked to you. But, you know, they didn't look at the personality of the person. They didn't care as long as you could, you love to do accounting and you didn't mind working 60, 70 hours during tax season, all right? Yep. Uh, I think that's changed somewhat. I, I definitely do. Looking for personal, interpersonal skills. Yep. I mean, and, and you're always going to need, you know, there's always a need for, for being able to get the work done. And, and I think the way that the, the profession has, has evolved, it, it, there's just more avenues to take. You know, you can be somebody who, you know, if, if you're a little bit more of an introvert and you'd rather stay focused on the numbers, I mean, there are paths to take that allow you to, to focus on that. And for those that, you know, are more, more people focused and maybe not as comfortable with the numbers, which might be weird in accounting, but I mean, it, it happens. You know, I think there are paths for that, but I think, you know, you're, you're really able to maximize, you know, your potential and in the opportunities if you're able to, to do a little bit of both. When employees start working for you, do they tell you what they want, the area they want to go into, or do you start them at the audit level? What, what's the policy of Markham? Yeah, so I can tell you probably a little bit better from my experience with Skoda Minotti, which was kind of the pre my predecessor firm, which merged into Markham about a year ago. And, and it, frankly, it was a reason that drew me to the firm in the first place was the fact that I didn't necessarily have to choose from day one. I mean, I frankly didn't know. I, I, I always found it mind boggling. It's like, how am I supposed to decide whether I want to do audit or tax when I really haven't done either of them? So I went to a place where I could do them both. And I figured out that really neither of them were for me. And that, you know, this alternate path of valuation and litigation support was really what, you know, got me excited and was something I could see myself doing. So, so you started and what department did you go in initially? So I, I, when I, when I interned, I did pretty much all tax work. When I started as a full-time staff, I did all audit work and, you know, it, and it, I would tell you having that experience gave me a, a much better base to build off of not only just as, you know, an accountant, but as, you know, valuation expert, or even just as a business advisor in general, to be able to speak kind of both of those languages, because it's really easy to get, you know, narrowed in that, all right, I know tax really well, but I have no clue what goes on the, on the audit side, or vice versa, you know, clients, you know, 
they're not necessarily going to care, you know, what your specialty is. They just want help with answering their questions. And that knowing enough to be dangerous on kind of, you know, both sides of the aisle, if you will, has been really, really helpful. You do a lot of advisory service work? We do, yeah. Yep. Uh, please tell us what that means. I just heard that word yesterday. Yeah, no, I mean... No, I, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Go ahead. So, the, I mean, the way that I see it is, you know, anything that falls outside of the traditional, hey, we need a financial statement, we need a tax return. You know, it's how do we, how do we help you with the problems that you're having? And, you know, I think the accounting profession is is undergoing a change and we're seeing it more and more now. The evolution you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, I mean, I think we were, I, I was really lucky with, with Skoda Minotti, the, the firm I started with, that, you know, our founding partner was always very focused on the, the whole advisory concept. How do you be the go-to person for a client? And I feel like I'm seeing more and more of those sorts of programs kind of pop up now and they're becoming more and more of a focus. How do you be a trusted advisor? And that, you know, you may not be the person who has the answer to every question, but who's the person that they that the client goes to first with the problem, and then you can help quarterback the process to get them the answer. What type of person goes into advisory services? Uh, uh, they like to meet people more than other people, or you know what? what? Do you, what do you I like about advisory services. Yeah, it, and I guess I, I would describe it as you know, there's there's advisory services in in maybe the defined context of kind of everything that falls outside of tax or audit. So it's, you know, the valuation work, it's the consulting work, it's, you know, whatever it might be, anything that doesn't fall in the traditional audit and tax buckets. But I also think you can look at it from the standpoint of, you know, you could be an audit person, but still function in that advisor capacity. And, you know, your client's going to you, hey, I have a, I have a problem on the tax side. All right, well, let's, let's figure out the answer. Or, hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, you know, I, I got to make some, some gifts. You know, I, I want to get some value out of my estate before these estate tax changes may come into play. You know, what should I do? All right, well, all right, wh- what do we do with that process? What are our next steps? Who do we get involved? You know, those sorts of things where you, you're, I, I think that's really where we find we can differentiate ourselves and add value for clients is, is dealing with the non-traditional situations. Do you think the, do the universities prepare people for these areas, advisory services? Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think there's enough time, nor do I think they have necessarily the professors that know these areas. All right. Is your feeling is how do you be, how, how can I get into consulting if I don't know certain areas of uh, information technology, that type of thing? Where do I learn that for my first job? And the question is, will someone hire me without that experience? It's a great question. I, I personally think a lot of it is, you know, in, in the first job or, or in jobs, just jobs along the way. I mean, I think it's a cumulative experience, you know, and, and depending on what area of focus, you know, you, you may have, you know, maybe there are some prerequisites as far as, you know, like you said, if, is there some sort of, you know, computer skills, computer programming that you need to know in order to get into certain areas but if you're starting at the ground level, I tend to think that there's a lot of leeway as far as what your background is, as long as you're somebody who's willing to put in the work and, 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 and learn. Because, you know, when, you know, it, it's interesting, you, you go through school and, and you know, you're, you're learning, 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 you want to apply it. But when you get out and you actually start working, you know, it's, it's even more of an important learning experience than it is when you're in school, at least, you know, from my, from the experience that I've had along the way. You got to be willing, in a way, to teach yourself stuff. You know, exactly. Be handed to you on a silver platter. I mean, you you gotta you gotta find ways that you can grow. 
And whether that's doing stuff on your own or it's soaking up the knowledge from the people that are around you and the projects you're working on, but it's, you know, it's just trying to find those ways and just being acknowledging the fact that the learning isn't done and it's really never going to end. You know, there's always something that we're, we're trying to learn and get better at, you know, and if you're not getting better, there's somebody else who is, and you just need to kind of keep that mindset. If you don't keep up and learn what's going on, you know, the new areas of accounting, right? Like advisory services and the AICPA is, you know, we talked, I mentioned the word, the evolution. All right. In about five years, they're going to basically say, Hey, look, right. The CPA license will no longer just be a license to practice public accounting. All right. It'll be more of, you can pick a specialization. All right. Have you gone to any meetings on the evolution thing? No, I haven't, but I've, I've kind of kept an eye on, you know, some of the changes in the, the credential and that, you know, there are, you know, these new areas of focus that are going to be, you know, how you take the exam versus, you know, when I took it, it was, you know, you took your four parts and, you know, they were all, you know, not necessarily equal as far as volume, but, you know, you had to pass each of the four in order to get the credential that, you know, things are changing there. I took it so long ago, there were only debits on my exam, no credit. <laughs> So the debits did not have to equal the credits, all right? <laughs> and I was there, all right, at the AICPA when they came up with APB number one. Okay? Yeah. And that's all I did all day was APB number one. It really got boring after that. <laughs> Especially being at that firm 10 years. It was real. But I knew APB number one well. Yeah. And asked me what it is today. I don't have a clue because I just pulled that out of the air. Yeah. Right? But... Uh, no, you know, I took the exam, I remember, uh, I was out of school seven years, then I took the exam, and I took this review course in the D.C. area, and, you know, the last two weeks, this is a six-month course, last two weeks, he hands us all these handouts, and he says, I didn't have time to go through that, so you know what, just read it on your own, it's not that important, I remember that, and then I went to the exam, now I had not had this stuff, all right? They asked large problems on earnings per share, all right, and also leases. It's not the lease chapter we have now, but, you know, I didn't have this. And I, I remember I called the owner of the school, and I, and I said, uh, you know, I, I didn't have those leases or earnings per share. And he said, not to worry about it. He says, well, you know, I can't cover everything. You know, that's what he said, in six months, right? Because we had to take off time when there was a Redskins game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of all the areas that you've been in, okay, of different areas of accounting, which one do you enjoy the most? Oh, by far what I do now, you know, valuation and, and litigation support work. I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's a nice blend of kind of the structure and, and rules of accounting and tax to some on one end, but you get some professional judgment on, on the other end of the spectrum as well. And that it's, you know, it's really more about building the story and kind of using the facts that are available to, to reach a supportable conclusion and then being able to defend it. And, you know, there are some days that are, you know, it's more fun doing that than others. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's never entertaining to understand and knowing you're, you know, someone's going to be on the other side trying to make you look like the dumbest person in the room. But it's, you know, it's part of the territory. It sounds like two attorneys fighting each other in a case. Is it yeah. like that? Yeah, I mean, it, it very much can be that way, you know, and, and when we get hired, it's, it's not necessarily to be an advocate for the client. It's more so to be an advocate for, you know, the opinion and what our conclusion is. And, 
that we always tell uh, people. Sean would not give us any juicy cases on divorces. Uh, I asked him to, but uh, <laughs> he was just concerned. Uh, are these people we would know if you mentioned their names? Um, probably not, but it's funny. I mean, there's, it, it, you know, one of the things that's blown my mind with accounting is how many businesses and niches there are where people are insanely successful and you'd have no idea. Really? I mean, just um, incredibly profitable companies in areas that you wouldn't even think even existed. And, you know, they're print money. Uh, how do these companies make money then? I mean, what, what we, I would not think that they were big making money type companies. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or even just, yeah, niches or, or unique industries that, you know, you know, for one example is, uh, you know, worked on a recent project. This wasn't in a divorce context, but on a project for a company that does basically kind of acts as the intermediary for libraries to access online content that they can offer to their, their you know, card members, you know, whoever might be, you know, a, a card member of a library. And, you know, just how, how much growth and how profitable that business is. And, and I've worked with them a number of times over the years and just how, how they've continued to expand. And, you know, it's, it's just mind boggling. And again, something that, you know, wouldn't even cross my mind was even really an area that you could make money in. And, you know, these guys are doing a fantastic job. If you hire someone, are you expecting them to become a CPA? You know what? That's a great question. In in our area, in, in the valuation world, it's probably becoming less of a requirement than it was before. Frankly, I think we still kind of like that concept of having someone who is a CPA because it gives you such a great background and, and base of knowledge to build upon because you're the, the backbone of any, whether it's valuation, forensic, you know, any sort of uh, economic damages analysis, it's still all getting back to financial statements and tax returns. That's where we're getting the information. And how do you effectively interpret what's in there? And I don't think that there's really a better curriculum to get you there than what you go through in, in your accounting courses and becoming a CPA. But did you, did you not say that you don't, the CPA is not as important to get as, you, as it was before? Is that what you said? Or in, 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 in the valuation and litigation advisory world, I, I would say yes. You know, I think they're you know, between you know, the CFA is another very well-regarded credential from a, a fin finance standpoint. That you know, we've seen plenty of folks who are you know top-notch experts who don't have a CPA. But frankly, I'd I'd rather have that credential, hands down, than try to go at it without it. In the broader context of accounting, I think the CPA is just you know it's just as important as it's ever been. Yeah, I think you need that differentiator to to say you know I've I've got this this baseline of knowledge that's going to make me somebody who's you know a, a valuable asset for you know whoever might be hiring you and whatever clients you might be working with. So your advice to someone coming out of school, majoring in accounting, is says you take the CPA exam. Oh, you got to. Why, why, why spend all that time and not take it? Well, uh, you may decide after you've gone through the whole accounting program that this is not your cup of tea. You know, uh, uh, you want to switch into something else, right? You're not going to tell a person, well, go take the CPA exam whether you stay in accounting or not, right? I mean, I think it I, frankly, I, I would really challenge to say, I think it depends on what area you're looking to get into. I, I think the CPA opens a ton of doors, even if it's something that you don't plan on using. I'm obviously biased as a CPA 
to me, it's it's the premier credential for anything financial related. And that, you know, if you've if you've gone that far, and if it's something that can enhance you know your your professional profile, to me it, it's it's still well worth you know taking those steps. So why aren't more people uh, going into accounting and taking the CPA exam? All right. I mean that's what's happening. That's a great question. I mean, I, I think there may be a couple things at play, you know, one with just the change in how accounting is done now and how it's going to be done in the future. I mean, so much is being automated now that, you know, I think there were roles that were there before that won't be there in the future. But, but what the CPA, at least to me, the CPA gives you more of a higher level base of knowledge that you're not the one who's putting in the numbers. You're the one who's taking the numbers and figuring out what does this mean? And that, and that's where I think the CPA is really the differentiator. Yeah, I think a lot of people are intimidated by the amount of material now that they have to know, especially the fact that the CPA exam is evolving into other areas. You know, no, very, very true. I mean, there's a lot there, no question. And, and again, that's why I kind of view it as I view it as kind of the premier credential. Is you know, it takes a lot of work to get there. You know, it's not something that anybody can just roll out of bed and take. I mean, it takes a lot um, of time and preparation. It amazes me. You always. Uh, certification, Jeff. And what are you, 25 years old? No, no, I wish. I'm getting old. My back's hurting. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 36 now. I mean, and frankly, I got a lot of those when I was younger. It was just easier. You're, you're in the mindset what, of studying. Teenager, a teenager? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of listening to all that rock and you know heavy metal music, you listen to the evaluation lectures. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> That made you well-rounded, would you say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I, for, really, I think the, the earlier you get them, the better. And not just because it helps advance the, your career, but you're just it's so much easier at that stage in life. And with that mindset of just being used to studying, you know, it, it'd be a little bit different animal trying to do something like that now. And, you know, whether it's family commitments or it's other commitments or it's just, you know, as you, you spend longer in the role at the office, you just have less time to be able to spend on stuff that isn't already accounted for and, and it has a claim on it already for something you need to get done. So. So anyway, final question is this, all right. If someone is listening to this, watching it, all right, would you recommend if they want to go into public accounting or tax or whatever, all right, they have no experience. They just fresh coming out of college. All right. Do you think they should, Possibly try to get an interview with your company. Of course, that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a simple answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, if you're just graduating, you're fresh out of school, all right, and you're a graduate of one of those online schools. Okay, I won't mention those names, by the way. All right, you know, just call Sean. He'll get you a position. By the way, <laughs> you know, the office you will get has a window, right? I had to wait a long time to get a window. Can you see that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where you were? No, no. Not, not that cool of a view. Well, have you been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Oh, yeah. You like that type of music? I don't know what you're into. Uh, oh, it, it, I, I love it there. It's, it's a cool experience. I, honestly, I'm... I'm uh, I I've grown up on like underground rap music. That's that's been my go-to since they underground versus over the ground. Overground, exactly. <laughs> You're into rap music. You're yeah, kidding. yeah. 
You don't look like a rapper. I don't know. It it's, it, it, it helps me get work done. It gets me excited. It, I don't know. So most of your clients are rappers. Is that what you're saying? No, no, none yet. <laughs> you know, six cents and 12 cents. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, John, thank you very much for being on this podcast. Uh, we had today Sean Sear. Is that right? Did I get the ring? Sorry. Just like I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I had the, the first time I had it right. Yeah, you got it right the first time. Right? Yeah. And by the way, Sean, God, look at it. He has 500 plus connections on LinkedIn. All right. Uh, are you one of those influencers, you would say, in this field? No, not really. I mean, I, I think it's important that you have a presence there, but yeah, it, it's, I would tell you it's not my main focus. But uh, Main focus is rapping. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm still more of a, a you know, kind of get out there in person, you know, trying to meet with people face to face versus the yeah. online well, only. But before we leave today, would you like to give us a little rap? Uh, all right. And I wish I wish I had something here? good. I wish I had something good. I, uh, n- next time I'm on, I'll think of something that maybe we can. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll add on that, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> if we get Sean back here, all right, I will mention that Sean will do some rapping for us, and I'm not talking about presents. Yeah. I'm talking about you know, <laughs> rap music. All right. That's rap music is my favorite music. <laughs> So anyway, I like the music of the 60s. Yeah. I'm really, you know, but, you know, when I, I remember I taught at college and I said, I'm going to a Barry Manilow concert. And the students in there said, who's Barry Manilow? Yeah. <laughs> so I said, you don't know him? I said, do you know Neil Diamond is? They didn't know it. It made me feel real old. Yeah. <laughs> real old, real old. So. Hey, Sean, have a happy, healthy new year. Stay safe, all right? I really enjoy talking with you. You're a, yeah. you're a nice guy. You're just a, you got a great personality. I, I appreciate really, you having me on. And again, hopefully, uh, you know, for the folks who are listening, there's you know, a piece or two that's, that's helpful for you. Anyway, today, the first week of January, we had Sean on. And Sean was very helpful in talking about what he does. I'm sure he does a lot more than what he spoke about. But, you know, we only have a limited amount of time. So... I want to thank everyone for listening and watching. And remember, every Tuesday, all right, we have a different subject. If you have a subject that you want to be discussed, we'll try to find someone who can discuss that area. So, ladies and gentlemen, happy and healthy new year to all of you. Stay safe. And we'll see you again for another episode of, sounds like a soap opera, another episode of CPA Review and more. All right. Take care. Stay well. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Jaeger CPA Review and more. As a token for our appreciation for your listenership, we'd like to offer you 10% off your next purchase with Jaeger CPA Review. Save between $50 to $150 with code PODCAST10. If you'd like more information, look us up on JaegerCPAReview.com. And as always, if you've enjoyed this show, please rate and review on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to you tuning in next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.